0: Hi and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration and encouragement using the word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome everyone and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits. And as always, before beginning, I'd like to start by giving all honor, all glory, and all praises to Father God Almighty, His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, And of course, the Holy Spirit, because without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus and what he did at the cross, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, including this podcast, as well as this podcast episode, as well as this podcast series. I'd also like to take some time out real quickly to say thank you to each and every one of you for hitting play or hitting download. And I just want to get a give a quick shout out this week to Ghana. Ghana was my top country for downloads this week. Well, actually... It was the U.S. I do apologize. So shout out to the United States of America. That's the first time. Followed closely. By Ghana. And shout out also to India. The U.K. I just want to say thank you. May the good Lord bless each and every one of you. So yes. Okay. Oh boy, so yeah, where I am at, the temperature is currently 60, uh, okay, it says 58 degrees, but I don't think that's correct, because I just looked at my computer like about five minutes ago, and it said 68, it's showing me 58, can't be, definitely don't feel like 58 inside of this apartment, and if it was 58, I would know, trust me, I would know, Because these walls are thin. So I think there's a mistake there somewhere. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, it's between 58 to 60 degrees. They say 58. I say probably 60. 62. No. Anyway. Let's see. It is currently in the evening. Of course. And the time. It's currently 11.51pm and today is October 14th, Friday night. And yeah, so I am spending my Friday night recording this episode. I had to get it done at least by tonight, at least. So yes, I am currently sipping on nothing, maybe a bottle of water. But I just finished, not too long ago, having a nice cup of spiced Mexican hot chocolate. Kind of reminds me of Caribbean chocolate tea back home, where they make cocoa or chocolate from the raw cocoa bean, and of course, they have their mechanism, whatever it is that they do with it, I have no clue. But whatever they do, when it's finished, trust me, and you you prepare that, oh my goodness, it's One of the best tasting cups of chocolate that you can ever drink. And trust me, once you get a taste of that, that store-bought stuff won't work. But anyway, so yes, I had a cup of that that was nicely spiced. And I, you know, I spiced it up a little extra, of course, with some cinnamon stick, some allspice berries, a little bit of vanilla and man, it was, it was just off the chain. So that's what I just finished drinking about maybe 10, 15 minutes ago. So at this point, I really don't have anything in my cup, but anyway, <laughs> so yes. So yeah, Ooh. Hmm. we have finally arrived by the grace of God. And his son Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit. Boy, I sure needed them. We have finally arrived at the end of the Samson the Strongman series. Oh my goodness. And not only have we arrived at the end of the Samson the Strongman series. It is also the last series of season four. And let me tell you, this episode is going to be jam. Jam act Ah a lot came out of it, a lot, a lot, a lot. And of course, today's episode is inspired by Judges Chapter 16. The name and title of today's episode is Samson and Delilah. A story. Of Betrayal and 1,000 Pieces of Silver. And this is part four, the final part of the Samson the Strong Man series. This is episode number 107. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage and join me back here in a few. So see you in a few. Are you looking to spice up your quiet time Bible time with the Lord? Well, guess what? I might just have the right thing to help you. There is nothing better than being able to spend quality and intimate time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and in His Word. For many of us, this may look different from day to day. Check out my 20-piece digital quiet time Bible study bundle. It comes with six topical scripture writing plans to encourage and uplift you as well as to help you get into the Word of God. So if you're ready to dig deeper or simply ready to give your Bible study a boost, check out my 20-piece Quiet Time Bible Study Bundle and other digital Bible study resources at Jahira Print Shop. The link will be featured in the description box. And as always, I'd like to take the time out to say thank you to each and every one of you. I do hope and pray that you will be blessed. listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, for this episode, I have decided to do something a little different, at least for part of it. So we have finally arrived to Samson the Strong Man series part four. And this is not only part four, this is actually the last part of the Samson the Strongman series and actually the name and title of today's episode is Samson and Delilah betrayal and 1100 pieces of silver and today's episode is inspired and taken from Judges 16 this is episode number 106 Hey, what better way? The time is currently 5.30 (laughs) p.m. And today is October 13th. So, yeah, so that was a nice bit of ambiance now, wouldn't you say? So, yeah, you're going to hear some clock sounds, some water fountains, maybe some footsteps of people passing by, or even a few voices. Um... I'm outside recording today. But anyway, let's just jump into the recap of the entire Samson the Man series, starting from part one up until part three. So in the last three episodes, we covered starting out with Samson's birth. Um, And actually, it was before his birth as far as the revelation that was given to Samson's parents along with how they were to raise this child given to them by the angel of the Lord. Also, as we move further on, We, in part one, we also talked about the angel visiting Samson's parents, not just once, but twice. And, of course, the first time he visits the woman by herself, and then the second time he visits the woman once again, and this time she runs and gets her husband. And they were both given instructions about Samson. That he was a Levite to be set apart for God's kingdom, for God's honor and glory, to do the work of God as far as raising him up to fight against the Philistines, which was all part of God's original plan. Then as we move along to part two, which would have been like Judges 14 and 15, Samson, of course, takes a wife from amongst the Philistine daughters. His parents go down to Timnah to get him this woman that he fed, you know he saw and he just fell head over heels with. And she becomes his wife, of course. And then there's a bet and, of course, Samson ends up losing the bet. And he ended up killing 30 Philistines at Ashkelon and having to pay that bet to the men of Timnah whom he lost to and then because samson was angry that they pried the answer out of his wife he after killing the 30 philistines he returns home to his parents and while he's away her father decides to give her to samson's friend who was also his best man at his wedding and of course samson decides to return back during the wheat harvest and he decides to take a young goat probably as a a makeup present or something but when he gets there the father does not allow him in to see his daughter or his wife and He tells him, you know, I thought that you were angry with her, that you no longer wanted her. So I gave her to your best man. But take her sister. Isn't her sister better than she? And of course, this angers um, Samson. And Samson goes out and Samson grabs 300 foxes and and pairs them by the tail. And then he puts a torch between each of them. So that would be like a, a... a pair of 150 foxes tied together with torches between their tails, you know, a torch each. And he lets them loose into the grain fields as well as the vineyards and the olive groves of the Philistines burning it all down. He just burnt it on. He just burnt it down, okay? And, of course, once the Philistines got word, they knew automatically it was Samson, and they automatically they figured you know what Samson must have done this because he's angry that his father-in-law gave his wife to another man so what did they do they did tit-for-tat they decided to take out their anger frustration and vengeance on Samson's wife and her father And of course, they were both burnt to death. And after Samson had basically lit the grain fields of fire, he went and he hid. And then, of course, the Philistines came up to Lehi and they encamped there against him. They were waiting to capture him. And, of course, they were seen by the men of Judah and then asked them, What what is it you have with us? And, of course, they explained and the men of Judah, 300 of them, they got together and they went and they grabbed, well, they got Samson and brought him up to hand him over to the Philistines As they were supposed to but of course that turned out a little differently as Samson was being turned over to the Philistines or was about to be turned over once again God used him and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily and killed 1,000 Philistines there goes a plane with the jawbone of a donkey And then he later called that place Ramath Lehi, which means Jabon Height or Jabon Hill. And then after that, he nearly dies in Lehi from thirst after the battle. And he does something that he had probably never done before. He cried out to the living God. And of course, the Lord heard him when he called out to him. Because after all, Samson was doing God's work. And the Lord split an opening and created a spring to provide water for Samson. And then Samson goes on and he names that place En-Hakor, which means spring of the caller or spring of the crier as a commemoration to what God did for him. So when we come back We are going to jump right in to part four of the episode. So stay tuned. Go get yourself something hot or ice cold to drink, depending on where you're at. And join me right back here in a few. And we'll get started. So see you then. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. And if I have not mentioned it before, um, this episode is going to be recorded a little different. It's kind of broken up in pieces. There's a part of the episode that was recorded yesterday. Um, As I got off work, I kind of just recorded it in the raw via my phone. So on that particular part, which is the recap from episode one, two and three, the audio might sound a little different. It's because basically it was recorded on my phone and it was right after I got off work. So you will hear some background ambiance, but I hope you do enjoy it. It's, it'll be something a little different. So without further ado, let's just get into it because there is a whole lot to cover and boy, Lord have mercy. I'm just praying. everything goes well because it's a lot and which means it's going to be a lot of editing so a lot of that that means I have to go through a lot but anyway so let's get started yes so part four now after the incident at Inhakor where he cried out to the Lord, Samson went on to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. And of course, he went ahead and he slept with her. Samson had a track record with ladies. For whatever reason, Samson seemed to like or to just want the daughters of Satan. He, it, it was like he was not attracted to good women, much less godly women. And there are many men out there like that today that have this same sentiment. Because if Samson really wanted a good woman or a godly woman, I mean, all he had to do was just look for one out of the 12 tribes of Israel. Kind of reminds me of, you know, something that I heard about the late Sam Cooke. And it's actually public knowledge. And just in case you weren't born during that era, or if you were under a rock, Sam Cooke was the, or he's known as, or was known as, the founding father of soul music. And he grew up in the church, but I'm not sure how close he was to the Lord. And if he did, he obviously lost his way. And we just pray that he didn't lose his soul. But it was said that he would pass a good girl just to get to a harlot. And that's putting it nicely. And of course, he died tragically at the height of his career, at the tender age of 33 years old. Imagine Christ died at 33, but he died at 33 for our sins. Now, Samson loved strange, or depending on what Bible translation you may have, at times it may say foreign women. Either way, they were not part of the daughters of Israel. Him marrying one of the daughters of the Philistine, that of course was part of God's plan. And I believe, like I said, God allowed it because Not, I believe he, God did allow it because it was part of his plan. And I think also for the fact God knew what was in Samson, just like he knows what's in each and every one of us. He knew that Samson liked these foreign women. So he was going to use that opportunity as part of his plan. So when Samson married the Philistine woman, it was part of God's plan kind of reminds me of the book of Hosea when he told Hosea to marry the prostitute Gomer and that also was part of God's plan however the prostitute at Gaza and Delilah were in no way form or fashion any part of God's plan however They were definitely part of Satan's plan. Now, according to Eastern Bible Dictionary, harlot, meaning a woman consecrated or devoted to prostitution in connection with the abominable worship of Asherah or Astarte, the Syrian Venus. This is the same lady that's affiliated as being what is it, the fertility goddess or whatever it is, which is part of the whole Easter, you know, thing. It's the same person. She has, you know, various names and it's the same, same person. And when the Gazites learned that Samson was in town, they laid in wait for him all night long in hopes of capturing him and, of course, to kill him. Everybody wanted to get their hands on Samson. He was a wanted man. He really was. But instead, the joke was on the Gazites. Because instead, the Bible tells us that Samson arose at midnight and he took hold of the doors of the gate of the city along with the two gateposts, and pulled them up out of the ground, including the bar and all. So he blew them doors off. He just took them right off. Oh boy. And Samson placed the gate on his shoulders and he carried them to the top of the hill. Now I'm sure the Gazites were having second thoughts about trying to capture Samson. Especially if they did not want to end up like that gate. So I'm sure they changed their mind. Notice good. Good. In chapters 14 and 15 when Samson was fighting against the Philistines as well as when he killed the young lion in Timnah. The Bible clearly tells us in each of those incidents that the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson mightily. Notice it does not say anything about the spirit of the Lord coming upon him in this instance. Samson had no business in Gaza, nor did he have any business sleeping with a prostitute. As a Levite whom God had set apart since before his birth, he was not to eat or touch anything unclean. Samson took some honey from inside of the dead lion that was killed. So there he was, you know, touching something unclean because it was it was dead He violated the call of God on his life. And when his parents were given instruction about him as far as how to take care of him, one of those instructions were that he was not to eat or touch anything unclean as well as not to drink any strong drink. And this, of course, would also include pursuing or sleeping with unclean women. And after Samson completed his God-given assignment with the Philistines, he should have returned back to his hometown or his homeland and sought him a good and godly wife from amongst the daughters of Israel. But instead, he chose to go to Gaza and to sleep with a prostitute. And once again, Samson defiled himself. And after that incident in Gaza, the Bible tells us that he later fell in love with another one of Satan's daughters, of course. Another strange and unclean woman from the Valley of Sorek by the name of Delilah. Whom the leaders of the Philistines recruited to entice Samson and to help bring him down. They obviously knew that pretty strange and unclean women was Samson's weakness. The leaders of the Philistines had promised her 1,100 pieces of silver each. Now, we don't know exactly how many leaders there were. Nevertheless, we know that it was definitely more than one leader. So multiply that by at least two leaders, which would bring the total of the amount to 2,200 pieces of silver. That's if it was two but I'm sure it was more than two. That is just a math example. And like I said, I'm sure it was more than, it definitely was more than one because it says leaders. And I also believe it was more than two because the Bible also tells us that they each promised her 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, according to an online post from www.narroway.net, 1,100 shekels would have amounted back then to a year's wage for 110 years during Delilah's time. Talk about lifetime financial security. This woman was no fool and neither was she an amateur. She was about to make a killing like they say by getting samson to tell her the god-given source of his strength and one thing with the enemy and his children they are always lying in wait to either kill steal or destroy you imagine all Delilah had to do was just get Samson to reveal the source of his strength for 1,100 pieces of silver apiece. Now God knows exactly how many leaders were there. If one payment of 1,100 pieces of silver during her time was a year's wages for 110 years, just imagine the total amount she must have gotten from the total amount of the leaders, which the Bible does not give us the number of how many leaders were present or exactly how much money total that she received. Now, Judas betrayed Jesus, the Messiah, for a mere 30 pieces of silver. So actually, Samson went for a higher price financially than Jesus. However, Jesus would pay the ultimate price that neither all the money in the world, including the money that Delilah received, or that 30 pieces of silver that Judas received, or any amount of money for that matter, could ever make up for what he did on the cross at Calvary. It seems like Delilah was more skilled than greedy and thieving Judas when it came to betrayal. The girl was skilled. So like we say back home, both Samson and Delilah got in. In other words, they got together. And she sought out to get the answer of his strength, like where he got his strength from. And she was about to to receive the paycheck of a lifetime. And she would never have to work again and she was determined to complete her assignment. Her whole future was riding on it and she was not about to fail. Would you, if it was you? And each time she would question him and he gave her an answer, but it was never the correct answer. The thing that really got me was each time he gave her an answer, She would cry out while he slept on her lap. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And they would actually be in the room lying in wait to overtake him. Satan's men were crouching at his door. Or better yet, they were already in the door. And I can understand, you know, the first time when she did it. But by the second or third time, I mean, he should have really figured that out. I mean, really, he should have realized that this woman was obviously up to no good. But like we say back home in the Caribbean, his goose was cooked. Or she had him fixed. Or like we like to say, she got him tied. She had him tied, So he couldn't, or so he couldn't get, you know, he couldn't get his proper senses. Because I mean, she did it like three or four times before she actually got the answer out of him. Like, how much more did she needed to do? And he still kept this woman. So either he had no common sense or he was tired. Okay, like we say back home, she fixing. And Delilah nagged him day in and day out, night and day. And three times she asked him the source of his strength. And each time he did not give her the correct answer. Now, Samson was a man of great strength, but obviously he didn't have much brains and understanding, especially when it came to women and the things of God. Now, throughout his life, he made a ton of crazy and rash decisions. He never really consulted God on anything that he did. He really didn't. He just did what he wanted to do. As long as he, you know, it felt good to him, he just did it. Now, I am sure that he did have some brains, but obviously he did not use them. Samson lived a very dangerous life. This man, he just did whatever he felt was right in his own eyes. He never once consulted the Lord on anything. He did what was right in his eyes rather than what was right in God's eyes. And today we have people that are professing to be believers who are living life without consulting the living God or his son Jesus Christ for his will for their lives. And there was a time I too was guilty of that because I didn't know until I was taught. So now, yeah, I don't make no decision unless I consult the Lord. Well, if I hear wrong, well, that's on me. But I know I'm going to consult him, that's for sure. I ain't making no move until I speak to him. When we do not consult the Lord and we make our own decisions, trust me, you are right for the picking by Satan and his demons. And that's exactly where Samson fell. He was right for the picking. And each time he gave Delilah the incorrect answer, he still kept her around. But the Bible tells us That she wore him down. And little did Samson know what was awaiting him. He did not even have the slightest clue. In verse 12, it tells us that men were lying in wait right in his room. They were just waiting to capture him. And just the same way, Satan has people waiting to capture us. And after she failed each time, the Bible tells us in verse 16 that she pestered him daily. Just imagine living in that situation, being pestered day in and day out by a woman. That is not even your wife. Now Proverbs 27 verses 15 to 16 tells us, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's right hand hmm I gotta try that it, like I said Delilah was not even Samson's wife but she was pestering him she pestered Samson so much the power of a woman that the Bible tells us that his soul was vexed to death that we, we just said and, and back in the Caribbean should, should, should make vex I vex <laughs> Oh my goodness, I could only imagine. Now, according to dictionary.com, vex to torment, trouble, distress, plague, worry. Now, according to Merriam-Webster, the definition of vex is affected with, marked by, or causing trouble or vexation, such as feeling or showing irritation, annoyance, or distress. And the King James Dictionary tells us, the definition of vex is to irritate, to make angry by little provocations. So imagine, because she was really pestering him. To play, to torment, to harass, to afflict. I think I like their definition best, which is the King James Dictionary, because she was really provoking him. She really was. She, she was provoking him to anger that he, I mean, his soul was vexed. Man, just imagine. And if you are, if you're a man and you're with a woman and she is vexing your soul to the point of death, you need to run for your life. Like for real, if you're not married, run. If you are, then you need to run to the Lord for help. But if you're not married and this woman is, she vexing you to that extent, listen. Listen. You need to run, run like Usain Bolt at a hundred meter dash. Just run, 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 run. Because if she's not your wife and she's already demonstrating that type of behavior. So imagine when you say, I do, you know? And had Samson used his brain and ran when he had the chance, his story would have been totally different. He wasn't even married to her, but yet she wanted him to spill his guts. But she knew exactly why she wanted him to spill his guts. Not that she really cared about him, but she knew why exactly she wanted him to spill his guts because it was to her benefit, but to his detriment. Now, I can totally understand... With what happened with the wife. Because Samson had placed his wife. In a very vulnerable position. And she was being threatened with her life. Not just her life. But also the life of her father. So that was different. That was completely different. But Delilah was no wife. And neither was she, her life in any danger. However. Samson's life. Was. Unbeknownst. To him. Now. Had Samson really used his brain, God would have really been able to use Samson in an even greater way than he was used. And his story would not have ended up the way it did so prematurely. Anyway, let's continue. Had Samson married one of the daughters of Israel, he could have chosen to divulge the secret to his strength if he wanted to. That was up to him. And if he chose to do so, his secret would have probably been safe with her. And then again, he probably would not have had to divulge it because there would be no reason for that question to come up because his life would not have been in danger. And as believers in the body of Christ, we must be extremely, 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 extremely careful with who, We are connecting ourselves to be it in marriage, friendship, or business. Do not be unequally yoked. Marrying an Israelite woman, Samson would have known, well, actually, had he married an Israelite woman, she would have known that her husband is the head. So she would not have been pestering his soul. In the relationship with Samson and Delilah, it looked like Delilah more wore the pants. Delilah was the head and Samson was the tail. Now, the wife is supposed to submit to the husband, not the other way around. And besides, she was not his wife either. Anything opposite to what God's word says about the role of husband and wife is considered witchcraft and completely out of alignment and... There could never be any peace unless things are properly aligned according to the word and the will of God. Even though Delilah was not married to Samson, but yet she was laying down all these types of demands. And of course, the reason is because she knew once she got the answer out of him, she was about to be paid for the rest of her wicked life. You know, she didn't have to worry about no type no type of money. And of course, she will be paid for the rest of her life, indeed, in due season, if she has not repented. And when she was finally able to wear Samson down, he told her the secret to his God-given strength, the biggest mistake of his life. From the moment this woman kept nagging Samson day and night for something that was supposed to be between him and God at that point, any person outside of that would have been his parents. At this point, I don't think his parents were still alive. If they were, they were not present. And he chooses to divulge his God-given secret to the daughter of Satan. The Bible tells us in Judges 16 verses 18 to 20, When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought her the money in their hand. Then it says in verse 19, Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He was asleep and he didn't know what happened. Now there's a lot of things that stood out in those three verses. So let's start with the breakdown. Number one, when she saw that he told her everything that was in his heart. That's why it's important. Guard your heart carefully. The Bible tells us so she called the philistine leaders to come and get him for he has told me all in his heart number 2 the leaders came and they brought delilah her money they were faithful three she then lulled him to sleep on her knees according to dictionary.com come or send to sleep typically with soothing sounds of movements either to soothe quiet hush or a lullaby either way she lulled them to sleep with whatever she did whether she sang him to sleep like we sit back home smoothing dung whatever she did but she lulled him to sleep. she lulled them straight to sleep and when she was finished lulling him to sleep she called for a man to come and shave off His seven locks. Now seven is God's number of completion. And once his seven locks were shaved, that was it. Samson was completed, but not in a good way. In other words, he was finished. When the man finished shaving his head, the Bible tells us that she began to torment him, to mock him. And the Bible also tells us that his strength then left him. And not only did his strength leave him, but I think one of the saddest things of all times, God also left him. The Lord left him. And number six, when she was finished, she said, the Philistines are upon you, her famous line. And when Samson finally awoke from his sleep, or rather from his slumber, The Bible once again tells us that Samson said, I will go at us before at other times and shake myself free because he had escaped previously the last two or three occasions. So he figured he would do the same once again. The difference was the previous times he had not told her the secret to his strength, but this time he had. He had divulged the God-given secret and source of his strength. And the Bible tells us once he did this, this was one of the saddest things that could have ever happened to him or to any one of us. Once we have tasted the Lord. It tells us in verse 20 that the Lord had departed from him, but he did not know. Before Samson even realized what was going on, his enemies, the Philistines, had taken hold of him and had put out his two eyes. The truth is, Samson's eyes had been put out a long time ago spiritually. If I had to pinpoint a time, I probably would say, after he left in Hakor and went down to Gaza and slept with the prostitute. Because at from that point on, God was not involved in anything that he did. And when Samson called out to the Lord in Enhachor, where the Lord provided water for him, that was his opportunity to start fresh and anew with the living God. But instead of taking heed and remembering on everything that God had done for him, how does Samson repay the Lord for saving his life? And at Hakor? he goes out to Gaza and sleeps with a prostitute. And then he picks up Miss Delilah, another one of Satan's daughters. Samson had been caught in the enemy's snare when he found himself, you know, always being attracted to these strange and foreign women and becoming entangled With the daughters of Satan. What was currently actually taking place was Samson's spiritual life coming into full play in the physical. He was being turned over by his to his enemies because of his carelessness, his selfishness, and his stupidity. And he refused to learn from his mistakes. As, as believers, we cannot expect to live outside of God's will and plan for our lives and think that we are going to succeed. Things might look nice and good on the outside for a while. But that curse is always going to be there hanging over your head just waiting for you. Just like the Philistines were waiting for the right moment to capture Samson. In the same way, the enemy is always laying in wait trying to capture us, be it spiritually or physically. And of course, Samson was captured and he was taken to Gaza, where he was bound with fetters. Now, according to, I believe, I can't remember which dictionary I got this from, um, but I believe it's the Bible dictionary. Their definition of fetters, because I had to look up what fetters was, because I didn't know, I'll be honest, I did not. They are actually a chain or manacle used to restrain a prisoner, typically placed around the ankles, kind of like shackles, handcuffs, leg irons, chains, restraints, cuffs, or bracelets, excuse me. And Samson went from being a Levite who had been chosen and set apart by God, and also as a judge of Israel, to being a prisoner of the Philistines, grinding away at the mill. We have a saying back home in the Caribbean for men who are captured like Samson via witchcraft, voodoo, or obeah. And they're all different, but same master. We have a saying, we, well, we got a couple of sayings. And we say, when she finish with him, he won't be no use to himself. And that's exactly what could have been said. Well, actually, that's exactly what could be said of Samson. He was no longer any use to himself anymore. And Proverbs 6 verses 26, it tells us, For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Now, Delilah could be seen as a a harlot. She was a high-paid harlot. Because, yeah, she, she was bought at a price, a high price. Now, technically speaking, Samson had been reduced to a crust of bread. Or like we would say back home, he goose or his puppy was cook. Or we would say he liked steamed puppy and white rice. To see Samson go from a promised child who had been set apart for God's kingdom, for God's honor and for his glory to the strongest man on earth and one of Israel's judges to a blind and chained prisoner forced to grind grain. And this is exactly what can happen to each and every one of us if we are not careful with our walk. We can end up not just becoming spiritually enslaved like Samson, but also being reduced to a crust of bread. That is, if we're lucky. In verse 22, it tells us, But before long, his hair began to grow back. The Philistines never really thought about that. That hair was made to grow back. But either way, they didn't care. For all they cared, they had already captured and enslaved their enemy Samson. Now the time came, the Bible tells us that the time came when the Philistine rulers held a great festival. And at this festival, they offered sacrifices and praise to their demonic god Dagon for giving them victory over their enemy Samson. Now while the Philistines were busy giving their demonic God Dagon praises and sacrifices for delivering Samson into their hands. Whereas, not once in the story of Samson up until this point do I read that Samson gave God thanks or praise. For anything, especially after everything that God had done for him, now he did name the location where he slayed the one thousand Philistines Jabon height, which is um Lehi Ramat or was it Ramat Lehi Ramat Lehi, which is known as Jabon height or Jabon Hill, and the location where God gave him water he also named that in Hakor, which of course means the spring of the caller, or spring of the crier. And he did, he did name that, those two places, as a commemoration of what God did. But where exactly do we read or see Samson giving God thanks and praise for anything? And this is extremely dangerous Apart from God and His Son, Jesus Christ, along with the Holy Spirit and, of course, the Word of God, we are nothing. I am nothing. We cannot do anything. Neither can I. Now, when we refuse to acknowledge our God, our Lord and Savior, or give Him thanks and praise, guess what? The enemy's children are busy praising and thanking their God, I mean their devil, Satan, And it goes on to tell us in verse 24 that when the people saw him, they praised their God saying, our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Up until this point, Samson had killed over 1,000 Philistines with the help of the living God and not even one thanks or praise did he offer up to God Almighty. Hmm. But yet, here, we see the uncircumcised Philistines, like David said, like he called them, offering up sacrifices to their demonic, whatever you call it, probably made from bronze or something. And here they were giving him praises for giving them one man, like he was able to do anything. Imagine one to a thousand. Little did they know their pagan idol or whatever it was had nothing to do with it. The thing can't even hear, see, smell, let alone deliver anyone to them. However, Samson's God, who was God Almighty, who created the entire earth had given him victory over a thousand and a thousand or more of his enemies but yet he neglected the God of his parents. God provided and carried Samson when he could not even do it for himself. But yet Samson turned his back on the living God to pursue after what was unclean, the daughters of Satan, who reduced him to a crust of bread like the grain he was grinding. And as the Philistines were busy drinking and having fun, the people demanded that they bring out their enemy Samson so that he could entertain them. Now he he became an entertainer. If we are not careful, we can go from overcoming our enemies with the help of God and his son Jesus Christ to becoming prey and entertainment for them. And of course, they brought him out and had him placed between the pillars that, su- that supported the roof of the temple. I believe it was the temple of Dagon, if I'm not mistaken. Not that it matters. But anyway, Samson said to the young lad who was sent to bring him out, he said, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. And it tells us in verse 27 that the temple was filled with people for this pagan fest. Now all the Philistine rulers were there. These were probably the very same rulers who had paid good old Delilah to reveal the source of his strength to them after Samson had revealed it to her. There were also about 3,000 men and women in addition to the Philistine rulers also on the roof of the temple as they watched Samson amuse them. They were getting kicks out of looking at Samson. Hopefully Delilah was there too. But of course it never tells us if she was there and probably not because I believe it would have said so because it clearly tells us that the Philistine rulers were there, but it makes no mention of her. And she's never mentioned of again in the Bible. We no, we don't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And in verse 28, Samson does something that he really should have done throughout his walk. And his appointment as judge of Israel. And now is when I began to see Samson, the man that God really created him to be. And in verse 28, he begins to pray to the living and sovereign God. And this is what it says. He says, sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Now, this is the second time that we see Samson turn to the Lord. The first time was at En-hakor when he cried out. And now Samson finally does What we have not really seen him done before. He prays to the Father. The first time when he cried out, he was crying out because he was practically dying of thirst. And he cried out to the Lord at the spring. And however, at that time we see Samson reach out to God because he was dying of thirst. And Samson knows at this point that he's about to die. And he had made up his mind. He had enough time, I guess, from the time they captured him to this point where he had a lot of time to think of maybe the mishaps and the mistakes that he made in life. And at this point, his mind was made up. And he realizes that he probably had shut God out of his life. But now he was willing to open up his heart and let him in, even if it was just for the last. And Samson proceeds and puts both of his hands on the center pillars of the temple the Bible tells us. And he pushed against the pillars with everything he had left within him. And once again, he prayed. So here we go. He's praying again. And this is what he says. And when I was typing this up today, it really hit me. And it says, as he prayed, he said, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple came, crashing down on the Philistine rulers as well as all the people. That day, with the help of the sovereign Lord, Samson killed more people at his death than he did during his entire lifetime. And God knows he killed quite a few. And his brothers and other relatives later came down and they gathered his body. And they took him back to his hometown of Zorah and laid him to rest where both his mother and father were buried. And Samson spent 20 years total as Israel's judge. Yeah. He died a different man. He really did. And, you know, I'm very familiar with this, the story of Samson and Delilah. I don't know how many times I've read it in the past. I started working on this in May. During a time of heavy grief. Um, I think about maybe two or three weeks ago, I started working on this last episode. And. As I began typing up my notes and stuff like that a lot more started coming to me so what i had originally written was was completely changed because the holy spirit started revealing other things and this was the first time as i got to the end of samson's story that i saw or understood the change in Samson. And despite the pain and how it happened, I consider him a hero. I really do. And I'm proud of him. He ended well. He ended well. And like I said before, as I was, you know, typing up my notes this afternoon, um, I began to feel like a sadness that just washed over me. But I also, I felt a sense of peace knowing that Samson was able to make peace with God, that he was able to connect with the living God. You know, even unto death. Yeah. Now we went from seeing a man with immense strength given by God Almighty. We saw a man who hated losing. We also saw a man who wanted what he wanted and when he wanted it, however he wanted it. He didn't care whether it was of the Lord or not. He didn't care if it pleased God or anyone else, as long as it pleased him. That was all that Samson cared about. We then saw a man whom God used to get back. At the Philistines for their treatment of his people. We saw Samson take a wife. We saw Samson's wife being taken from him and given to another. And this is something that the Lord revealed to me. And that was, I believe, day before yesterday. The Lord revealed to me through the Holy Spirit that the reason she was taken from him and given to another because in reality... She was never really his to begin with. It was solely for the purpose of God's plan of getting back at the Philistines. So basically, when something ain't for you, it's not going to work, no matter how hard you may try. And we see Samson. Burn down the grain fields, the olive groves, and the vineyards of the Philistines. We see him run and hide in the rock, and him being taken by the 300 men of Judah to be handed over to the Philistines. And then, of course, we see him where he grabs the jawbone of a donkey, killing 1,000 men with that jawbone. And we also go on to see him crying out to the living God what would be today called the spring of the crier. Then he went to Gaza with the prostitute. And of course, then he followed up by Delilah, the woman who would help to put the nail in his destiny, his calling, as well as his coffin. And once Samson was captured, there was no going back. At least not physically. There was no let's do it over. It was finished. But then, in the end, as ugly as the entire situation was, we see something poignant and beautiful. We see that selfish, self-absorbed man Who was broken physically. Also become broken spiritually. But this time unto the Lord. We see him calling out to his heavenly father. But this time it was different. This was a man who finally made up his mind for whatever little time he had left. It was going to be for the Lord. And he was going to meet his end. And finish his race on earth. And he meant it was going to be finished. Doing what God had originally called him to do. slaughtering over 3,000 Philistines. Including the rulers. So we add those three plus to the 1,000 plus the 30 at Ashkelon, almost 5,000 Philistines. God used him. Now, Samson's adult years might have been filled with turbulence, mistakes, wrong decisions, wrong turns, but as he was nearing the end of his life, although he was physically blind, imprisoned, and in chains, it was there that he truly came to realize and know his God. Unfortunately, and this is something that the Holy Spirit revealed to me this afternoon, you know? Unfortunately, Samson had to be physically blinded in order for him to to see the true spiritual light. He also had to be lulled to sleep in order to be truly awakened to God's saving grace. He had to be captured and bound in chains in order for him to see the light and truly Be free in God Almighty. Just like whenever I read the story of Joseph, David, and Christ at that cross, I never ever walk away the same, even though it might end with me being in tears. However, knowing the story truly never ends there. May Joseph, David, and Samson... And every believer, when that time comes here, well done, my good and faithful servant. Remember, it's not really how we start that truly matters, it's how we end. Let us all focus on God the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that he has given us to live by and to stand upon. Let us guard our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls, because the enemy, he's out there busy. He's out there busy seeking, you know, who he can kill, steal, and destroy. And let us not wait until the end to recognize or to acknowledge who God is or who his son Jesus Christ is. And like Solomon tells us, let us remember him while we are still young and, of course, vibrant and in our right frame of minds. Watch out. For the Delilahs and the Jezebels of life that are sent to pull you down, men, even women. Because you have men that have that seducing spirit as well as that Jezebel spirit. You see, the spirit of Delilah and the spirit of Jezebel, it affects more women, but it's not limited there. It isn't. It's, it's. Open to whoever is available, man or woman. Don't allow yourself to be captured by Delilah or Jezebel. Instead, let us focus on God and his son Jesus Christ so that when the time comes and we have to stand before our God, our Lord and Master, that we do not hear, depart from me, for I know you not or that we end up having to bow our heads because we have nothing to offer the one true loving and living God because we barely slid into heaven while grazing past hell. Mm -hmm. Let us be good children and good servants so that we can receive the crown of life or the hidden manna, the white stone with a new name or the ability to eat from the tree of life in the midst of the paradise of God. Real quickly, I would also like to give a little back history of this series. Um, Like I said before, this series was given to me in May of this year after God had revealed some things to me. And of course, we are now currently in October and we are at the end of the final episode. Now, growing up in the Caribbean, out of the 20 plus years that I was able, that God had afforded me to to live there and to be raised there, I have known of many men and even some women who have fallen victim to women carrying the spirit of Delilah and Jezebel. Yes, and there are even men who also, like I said before, that carry these spirits However, this past May, I had the opportunity to see it up close and personal in a way that I had never ever in my life seen it before. Something that I will never forget. But also something that would help me to truly look and examine my own self and to try my best to stay focused on my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ the spirit of Delilah and Jezebel are very real and they are becoming more and more vicious and deadly each passing day and each new generation take heed before it is too late Do not be unequally yoked with someone in marriage, friendship, or business. That is not of the living God. Wait on the Lord. Most importantly, let us all keep our eyes focused on the living God and his son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Word. So that is the end of part four of the Samson the Strongman series. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please help us to keep our eyes, our hearts, and minds focused on you, your Son, your Spirit, and your Word. Please give us spiritual eyes to see the sons and daughters of Satan. Help us to make the right decisions. Most importantly, help us and teach us to wait upon you, for you are God Almighty. In Jesus' name, We pray. Amen. Now, next episode will be the final episode of the season. I will be closing off season five. Oh, boy. Well, season four, I'm sorry. (laughs) Next season is season five. It's been five years since the start of the Words of Encouragement podcast. And in the next episode, I will be featuring the fifth anniversary episode. Um, This past August, if you've listened to some of the previous episodes, this past August, the Words of Encouragement podcast celebrated its fifth year on August 20th. And it was also the fifth anniversary of God calling me to the ministry of podcasting. For his kingdom, for his honor, and for his glory. So, in that bonus episode, I will share a little bit about you know I'll share a little bit with you about how it all got started, what's next for the Words of Encouragement podcast, etc. So, up next is the quote of the episode and. This episode, quote, is No tremendous growth in holiness has ever been achieved by anyone who has not taken the time frequently and for long periods to be alone with God. And that's by The Still Hour. And actually, it was taken from my favorite devotional, Of this year, one of my all time favorites, which is, of course, Deserts in the Stream. Once again, I'd like to take some time out to say thank you to each and every one of you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that this episode, this podcast, as well as this series has been a blessing to you. And indeed, if this episode, or this podcast, or this series has been a blessing to you, Please feel free to share it with others. Remember, the gospel is free and the word needs to be shared. Please feel free to subscribe to the Words of Encouragement podcast on iTunes.com, Spreaker.com, and podomatic.com. It can also be found on Google Podcasts, Castbox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, and Deezer, and everywhere that podcasts can be heard. You can also please feel free to share, like, and subscribe on either one of the above mentioned platforms just mentioned. Also, please feel free to check out my other podcast entitled The Nuggets of Thankfulness Podcast, which is a devotional audio podcast featured on Spreaker.com, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you'd like, you can drop me a line at Javelin 777 at gmail.com. You can also check out my blog at www.arlenaflanders1word.wordpress.com. I look forward to being with you on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. Remember, as long as there is life, it is never too late to accept Christ. Now is the time. Don't wait until it's too late. Be blessed.